Welcome to Mental Health in Minnesota, produced by NAMI Minnesota, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, a nonprofit organization dedicated to improving the lives of children and adults with mental illnesses and their families. Visit NAMI Minnesota online at namihelps.org. Hi, my name is Brian Jost. I'll be your host. NAMI Minnesota is celebrating its 40th anniversary year of providing education, support, and advocacy. This episode is one of the 40 stories of hope related to our 40th anniversary. Thanks, everybody, for listening again. Today, we have Heidi Nordin, a longtime NAMI Minnesota volunteer. And Heidi, tell me more about your personal journey with NAMI. What brought you to NAMI? I was diagnosed with a mental illness when I lived in Connecticut. I had moved out there with my job at the time. I was there for about eight years, and I decided to move back to be by my family. And I came back without a job, but I you know, lived with my mom, so that was all good. And while I was looking for jobs, I thought I could, you know, to keep my IT skills fresh, it would make sense to maybe help a nonprofit because I know that they're always hurting for any kind of assistance. So what's ironic is the year before, at Christmas, my aunt and uncle that live in Wisconsin had written in their Christmas letter that they did a lot of, for, a lot of volunteering for NAMI in Wisconsin. And they kind of talked a bit about it and stuff. And I thought, you know what, I've really had a great experience with my mental health journey so far. And so why not give back to NAMI? So I decided to go check out NAMI Minnesota that was in 2000, the end of 2005, and I've been volunteering ever since. Oh, cool. And what were you doing initially, volunteering? Doing computer stuff, IT stuff, um, just fixing computers, and also, um, you know, and if they needed help with, I'm not a programmer, but, you know, say they had an application that they were having problems with, I, I would try my best, so, but. Also, I worked with, um, they had a grant writer at the time, and so, um, tried to help out with finding some grants to get some new computers and a new server and all that. Um, and we were able to do that. So that was cool. Awesome. It was a long time ago. Yeah. They've since then gotten more stuff, but yeah. Sure. <laughs> Got to start small, right? Yeah. What are some of your favorite memories or accomplishments with your involvement in NAMI? Is there anything you're particularly proud of having been a part of? Getting some new equipment, some new computers and server, because I think when I first started there volunteering, most of the stuff was probably like 10 years old or so. And just, you know, a lot of times, like if I was feeling down, I would go in and just, at the time, the the staff was a lot smaller. So I got to know everybody pretty intimately, I would say. You know, we could go in there and say, hey, I'm having a bad day and just kind of hang out and whatever bring some snacks or bring desserts or whatever and, you know, just kind of hang out. And I'd walk away feeling even just after an hour a lot better. So that's always a good memory for me, and it still is. Yeah. You know, still going there and um, there's just so much energy in there and everybody's so passionate. Mm-hmm. That's great. And then other volunteering that you've done, you've been on the board of directors? I'm on the board and- of directors. This is my um, second set. I don't know how to say it, uh, but they're three-year terms, my second term. Oh, okay. Okay. And I'm also, I've been the chair of the legislative committee for a while. Um, I used to just volunteer for the legislative committee, and then the chair needed to step down because 
think her husband was a retiring or whatever, and she had done, done it for years. So mm-hmm. I stepped in. Um, and that's really, I've always enjoyed talking about politics and stuff. So it's really cool to be part of the legislative committee and see like how bills get drafted, how they become law, what you need to do. You need to, you need to contact your representatives. You need to explain to them because there's so many different things that people are passionate about. So if we, we, if we want to talk about mental health and we want to get rid of stigma and we want to improve the mental health system, we need to be out there face-to-face with our representatives saying this is why uh, we believe this would be beneficial to the mental health community. How did you get interested in that? Yeah, I started the Legislative Committee because it was, um, you know, one night a month for two hours a night. So it was a really easy thing to do to volunteer for. Um, when I was working, um, and then I started kind of working odd hours. I've done odd hours for a long time mm-hmm. um, until recently, so I kind of cut into to some of the legislative stuff. But uh, I don't know. There's a passion. There's a lot of work that needs to continue to be done. We've made strides. Um, Sue Abderholden just did a. She's the executive director. Just did a forty city tour. And it was just really cool to listen to her. I went to like her wrap-up session that she had and to see that everybody across Minnesota, rural counties, rural areas, all, they want jobs, they need housing, they need um, doctors, you know, they need mental health things to get them through. Mm -hmm. Um, Doesn't matter where you live. No. In fact, I have a dear friend that lives up in northwestern Minnesota, a town of like 300 people. She struggled for a really long time, and unfortunately I can't do this just because of my work schedule this year, and I'm on call, but they're doing like a mental health fair in Red Lake Falls, and she asked me to go up and speak. And I, four years ago, you know, she never even ever left her house hardly. And to see her being involved, and she's out talking with people in her community. I mean, the county is probably a whole 2,000 people if you're lucky, you know, um, and to just share her experiences. And that really is what living with a mental illness is all about as far as I'm concerned, or even having a family member or whatever, just experiencing it, talking about it, sharing it, so people know that you're not alone. Do you remember how many people were on staff when you first started volunteering? I was just trying to think about that because... I'm guessing maybe 10 to 15. Okay. And I think, I don't know what there is now, but there's a lot. I mean, we had to move to a new space because mm-hmm. there wasn't enough. Do you, I don't I know think there's like 20 or 30. C- close to 30. That's what I was thinking. Part-time. Yeah. So, so that is phenomenal to me. And how, how have you perceived the changes within the organization over the years? I think it's good. We need the people. I wish we had... Uh, tons of money just flowing in all the time so we could really get the staff that we need to do all that we need to do. Mm-hmm. The staff is phenomenal. They do so much on so little. What are your hopes for the future of NAMI? I would like to see it to continue to grow, and I would like to it'd be nice to be able to um, have maybe a little more feeling of not having to worry about money all the time so that you can go out and say, hey, Here's something that we see that needs to be done today. You know, we don't have to wait for maybe a fundraiser or, 
you know, let's try and find a grant or because we have at least a little cushion. It'd be nice to have a little cushion to be able to do what we need to do. Do you have any ideas how to make that happen? I don't know. I I don't know enough about other nonprofits. It would be interesting to see how other nonprofits are. It seems like some other nonprofits maybe have some more stability, and I'm not sure why. I don't know if that's because they get funding from, you know, a, a reliable or constant resource or whatever. That's one thing I can think of. And, mm-hmm. you know, how Nami could do that, I'm not sure. But yeah, I'm not a money yeah, person yeah. by any means. But <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice to even just have a regular source of revenue coming in so that, you know, it doesn't have to be like the whole budget for the year, but mm-hmm. just something that, okay, we don't have to worry about, say, the slice of the pie. Mm-hmm. What's it like being on the board of directors and attending those meetings? It's been really eye-opening to me to see how much NAMI does because you don't hear about all the behind-the-scenes stuff that's going on or, um, you know, we get dashboard reports about this is where we're doing well, this is where we need to improve, this is where, okay, well, not many people attended this class, so maybe this is a class that right now doesn't make sense for us. So it's just eye-opening in terms of how much NAMI really does get accomplished. What has it meant for you personally to have been involved with NAMI? A lot of times it's kept me going. Even if I'm not maybe getting out or whatever, I know, um, you know, Almost everybody's on Facebook these days, so it's nice to see like the NAMI Minnesota posts or see posts from my NAMI friends that work there or have worked there. Because at least social media, even if I maybe don't want to leave the house for, you know, a couple days, I still have that. You know, I still always, I call my mom every day to just check in with her, but at least if I don't feel like going out of the house or don't feel like taking a shower for a couple days, I can see what's going on in the world Yeah, to some regard you know it works for you yeah were you in, invited to join the board of directors i was invited is that the typical way of how it happens or is it something people sort of apply to do it's either people can either say yes i would be interested or maybe somebody on the board is like hey i know this person i think they'd be a really good fit for the board you know we have a nominating committee and otherwise yeah i i I think just because of all my volunteering at NAMI, they just felt that it would be good for the board. Mm -hmm. And am I right that there's a certain makeup of the board, a certain number of people living with mental illnesses, a certain number of family members, professionals? Is there? I don't know if they necessarily go for like a number, but it is pretty much you're either living with a mental illness or you grew up with a parent with a mental illness or you have a family member. Okay. Are there any mental health professionals? Is yes, that, there are. There, that too? Okay. Mm-hmm. How have you viewed the mental health system change over the years? I see some slight improvements. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm lucky enough to where I have a job and I have insurance, so I don't have the worries of people living uh, that are more severely impacted and have to rely on, I don't know, is it Medicaid or whatever, I'm not sure. I don't know all, all of that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that my friends that do rely on assistance are really worried right now yeah. about their uh, mental health being able and being taken away. 
their options. Could be their housing. I mean, it's just, that really wreaks havoc on a person's life. Right. Even if you don't live with a mental illness. <laughs> right, right. You know, but I know that regions opened up a mental health unit maybe a year or two ago. I don't know, time flies, but and they have private beds, private rooms now, which O-M-G. Yeah. I'm like, because I've been, every hospital I've been to, you're always with another patient. Right. Sometimes more than one other. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, all I want to be is just by mm-hmm. myself. And I want to, you know, I, my anxiety as I get older, it seems like it gets worse. So having somebody around me, plus I live alone. I've lived alone forever. Yeah. So when I get tossed into a room with, you know, two or three other people, it does not help my symptoms. I can relate. I've had hospitalizations where I have had my own bed and then others where I had one roommate. One time there were three roommates. My gosh. I don't know how I was how I was expected to get any sleep, right? With strangers in my room, right? And then I had uh, one roommate where uh, I don't know what her diagnosis was, but she would like just go off the wall, go off the handle, and fly off the handle. And I'm like, I don't live like that. You yeah. know, I'm not around people that are screaming and whatever. And um, it was actually scary for me. Yeah, you're there to heal and calm down, and it's not mm-hmm. conducive. A lot of times. And then they'd wonder why I wouldn't want to go out of my room because if my roommate was out, I'm like, I would, please let me just stay here. I got peace and quiet, you know. <laughs> well, hopefully more hospitals will That's what follow I'm the for. region's yeah. approach. Yep. Is there anything else that you would like to add that I haven't asked you about? Well, I know when we were talking about volunteering earlier, one of my all-time faves is the walk every year. Yeah. Which, and I'm going to put a little plug in, the fourth Saturday in September at Minnehaha Falls. Just last year was our 10th anniversary. I think I missed one year because I wasn't feeling good, but me and my sister, my cousin has helped. My cousin is a middle school teacher, so one year she brought a couple students for like social responsibility um, experience. And uh, so we're at the halfway point. My sister and I dress up kind of goofy and we blow bubbles. And <laughs> I can't tell you how many people will come by that have walked pretty much every year or almost every year and said, oh, we're so glad you're here. Yeah, right. We'd love to see you. You just make this so fun and you make us like, you know, like I said, we're at the halfway point. So mm-hmm. all they have to do is turn around and go back and we just kind of give them a little boost, you yep, know. Yep. And the first year, I think, was maybe 300 people. And last year was like 4,000 Huge jump from 300. Yeah, in 10 years. And that, to me, is a statement. Yeah. And uh, my mom and my aunt from Oklahoma were in town the year before my mom had shared with us, and she loved it too. But since my aunt was in town, they sat back at the band shawl to listen to music and whatever. And but she said it was phenomenal to see all of these people like a sea, a wave. Yeah. Just either leaving and, or walking back in. Mm-hmm. She said it was just awesome. It is amazing, just the big mass of people. Yep. And people are, you know, bringing their dogs, they're bringing their babies in strollers, they're, you know, running, they're rollerblading, they're whatever you want to do to make it fun for you, you know. People are, there's a t-shirt contest, so people are, um, you know, wearing their t-shirts and, 
And it's cool to see, too, like, kind of the same groups that come every year because mm-hmm. they're wearing the same T-shirts. Sure. And it's like, oh, hey, how's it going? How's it going? Yep. You know? Yeah, it's a day of things being okay, I feel like. Yep. And it's like a little park festival, so it's cool. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't cost any money. No. If you fundraise, that's awesome, but it's just all about the mental health community coming together mm-hmm. and walking. How do we keep working on reducing the stigma? I just want people to keep an open mind, keep talking when you're ready, share your story, share your experiences. Um, it took me a long time before I would even say that I lived with mental illness. Like I told my mom and stuff, but I didn't really tell anybody, any other people. Mm-hmm. And I still don't always tell people, but I am being more open about it. And I find that, and I, and I think maybe, and you know, e- even with the last 10 years and seeing like the growth that NAMI has and just people talking about, you know, like say Lady Gaga or uh, Demi Lovato or whatever. Sure. Hopefully, like I said, you got to keep talking about it so that it's okay. Right. I agree. Well, thanks, Heidi, for having this conversation today. Yep. Thanks for asking me. NAMI, Minnesota, champions justice, dignity, and respect for all people affected by mental illnesses. Through education, support, and advocacy, we strive to eliminate the pervasive stigma of mental illnesses, affect positive changes in the mental health system, and increase the public and professional understanding of mental illnesses. NAMI Minnesota vigorously promotes the development of community mental health programs and services, improved access to services, and increased opportunities for recovery. Call us at 651-645-2948 or toll-free at 1-888-NAMI-HELPS or email namihelps at namimn.org. NAMI Minnesota's website is namihelps.org. Outside of Minnesota, visit NAMI.org to find your state NAMI organization.